Welcome to the next episode of the Carpe Fide Podcast, where if the shoe fits, you wear it. And if the truth hurts, you bear it. Oh my gosh, we did it. Time number four. <laughs> okay. Well, we got through it. Well, it's it's interesting that we talk about bearing it. Yet again, I feel like our intro always segues us into what we're going to talk about, because some people might not feel very welcome by that introduction. Which segues right into <laughs> which segues right into so right. Segues right into our topic. Thank and you're gonna to have to bear it. Yes. With the truth. Yes. All right, I see what you did. I oh, got it now. I thought you'd pick I up. I thought on we that. were taking off our clothes again. We we're gonna bear it, but no. Nope. Or, that was, was episode uh, four. Uh, the, was or, the lap. Were we talking about Supreme Court justices? We were gonna Amy Coney. Amy bear Coney it? Barrett. Oh, oh man. Oh, that's oh. gonna make some. Speaking of, how do you think it's going to go on a Supreme Court case where uh, the Catholic charity that wants to do adoptions is coming before a court with a Catholic judge who also is an adoptive mother? Huh. Huh. Interesting. Did you think that through? I mean, I think she'll rule impartially in the favor of the law, which would be... The right to religious liberty. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Right there, enumerated into the old Bill of Rights there. Yeah, it's great. Right in there. It also allows her to, you know, sit on the highest court in the nation with... Even a Catholic can oh do that. Oh my gosh. Well, anyway. If Joe Biden can be a Catholic, Amy Coney Barrett can sit on the court. That's... Oh. <clears throat> oh. Anyway. So, we will be talking about emotions today. We're bringing all the feels into episode 10. We've made it. We're 10 episodes old. Or young. Ten episodes young. Yeah, we are. Fresh faces here. Still growing that beard. Mm -hmm. So, uh, why don't you introduce our uh, our topic tonight there? (laughs) Wish they could see our faces. We're we're just as confused as you are, guys. Oh, it's so true. Alright, Justin, why don't you you kick us off with the intro? We clearly discussed before we started that I was going to read the... No, you were going to read the introduction paragraph. We really did say that. You know what? Holy! <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh! You want to start over again at this point? Listen, it's, no, no, no. We're not, we're, we are not starting over. It's been a heck of a week, guys. <laughs> Just hang in there. Tell you what, I am feeling some kind of way. Oh, you know what? I, I, I too am feeling <laughs> terrible. What is All right. the, What is this? Last, what is this whole week about here? This this particular topic. Thank you for for bringing that up, Justin. I'd, I'd like to tell everyone who now. So uh, we we had some concerns. We emotions, emotions and feelings are what rules the day and rules the man. Our world drive drives home emotions as the end all, be all, quite literally. If you feel it, then you are it, and then you emote it all over the place. Oh, oh. <laughs> we are bombarded with the ideas that if you have an emotion or a feeling, then it determines who you are, or what you do. And here's where we come in, but does it really? Maybe even more critically, should we allow our emotions to even have that kind of control? And that is what we will be tackling on this episode of the Carpe Fide podcast. And that's why episode 10 is called All the Feels. We're going to deal with all the feels today. And our main goal um, in addressing uh, feelings and emotions uh, is to pull on the idea, the the main idea of how our culture um, 
views and not just views but but lives with and in their emotions and feelings um and to juxtapose that with what the scripture might call us to 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 do with our feelings how do we how do we live with emotions and feelings that we have from from a scriptural lens from a christian worldview um and what we're going to do tonight is hopefully unpack some of the some of the things that you you and i know just by living in an observing culture um what they do with emotions what they do with feelings and we can look at those and maybe put put some words behind them that would help us critically understand them and then and then using that framework of what what the culture does with them try to understand more accurately what they actually are and what they actually do and and see how very much um very much those two things are polar opposites the the intention of emotions uh, and feelings as opposed to where they are placed in our culture today they are two very very different things so our goal is to unpack that tonight in a as concise format as we can we got a lot of good quotes to kind of center our thinking uh, maybe maybe quotes that can help us to to encapsulate some of the ideas that we have tonight we have good good solid scripture some some scriptural principles that are really big um, that i think help you whether you whether you are someone who um, is a part of of god's family or whether you're someone who is just uh curious about these things these these biblical uh, principles are true overall because god has created all and is in all and therefore because God is sovereign over everything. When he tells us something, it works and it functions well. But when we use it outside of that structure, that's when things begin to break down. And one of the most clear places to see that in our culture is through feelings and emotions. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I I don't know if any of you have been uh, emoted upon. Um, you know, you're just... It's very messy. You're just mindlessly, you know, you're you're just having, you're just having a, a regular day, you're... You're going about things. You're just, you know, making a making a culturally relevant post on Facebook, and then boom, boom, you get slapped in the face with uh, with caps locks and emojis, comments, and uh, and that all too awkward uh, every other uh, cap letter. Ah, uh, yes, yes, the the we call they call that the 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 SpongeBob, the SpongeBob meme letters. Mm, yes, it's very very. I don't know. I find that jarring of all the things. It's, uh, I mean, it's, uh, it has its context. Usually when you're making fun of people that use that, um, <laughs> it's really the main When you problem. go alpha on a beta kind of a thing. When you go yeah. alpha on a beta. That's <laughs> exactly right. That's <laughs> the perfect context. Thank you. All right. Um, I don't know what I use those two appropriately. Those two words, anyway. But uh, but uh, anyway, so but we do see this, and and I think a lot of I think a lot of rational people, um, I think a lot of a lot of Christians who who should be basing their their arguments and their worldview upon what is true, a, a solid foundation, um, do get frustrated by um, people who have fallen into the trap of what we will call emotionalism. The the idea that the emotions are what are the the mechanism by which we experience truth, and um, the reason that you get frustrated is because emotions to to an emotionalist person are 
are are their own truth, but because it is their own truth, it is also wildly subjective. There's there's no true north um, that both of you can use as a common frame of reference to actually, you know, start your argument from or start your discussion from. When, when I say argument, I don't mean, uh, you know, using the SpongeBob every other cap letter. I mean have, starting your discussion, laying out your points. Um, if you both can't have the same frame of reference, you you won't you both won't be able to end up at the same place. So. Um, one, one really interesting illustration, and I, I'm going to reference this a lot and I'll put it, put it in the notes. I've got a couple re, we've got a couple resources for you for the notes, uh, so just check, hit them up. But, uh, Mama Bear Apologetics is a fantastic, um, fantastic book, especially for moms and, and dads. I've read it and have highlighted it a ton. Um, uh, it even has a ton of practical applications specifically for, uh, for parents, but, I would say anybody that interacts with children, which should be pretty much everybody, um, should absolutely read this book. If you, well, I mean, there's some people I don't really want to interact with children. There's just a few, a couple here and there. Namely, any of the producers of Cuties. Oh, yeah. Oh. I, I was thinking, you know, people trying to get elected into high office. But I mean, oh, I, 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 you know what? Honestly, <laughs> all of them. Every, you know, well, lots, lots of them, too. But uh, we're just digressing. But yes, Mama Bear, responsibility Mama Bear Apologetics is a fantastic re- resource, and they devote a whole chapter um, to emotionalism, and uh, they use a, a helpful a helpful illustration in a compass. So, um, you, you know, if you have a compass that's not pointing north, um, you, the calibration is not correct. You're not going to end up where you need to go. And um, one of their quotes was that too many people determine truth by their emotions, but they've not bothered to calibrate their emotional compasses. Um, and that's 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 the long and short of it. When you're trying to enter a discussion with an with an emotionalist person, um, you're, you're both aiming at different norths, um, and th- there is no commonality because uh, it is so subjective. Which is you know just a, a brainchild of the postmodern view of truth being so relative that it's impossible to know, essentially. Uh, any thoughts on any thoughts on that, Justin? Am I describing the problem of, uh, of emotionalism? <laughs> You're describing it very well. I, I often use, and I think, I think we have this, it's on here later on, but, but emotions, as you're describing them, they, they can only, and you, you know, initially when you also use the word subjective, that kind of triggered something in me too. Oh, Emo- emotionally triggered? I was emotionally triggered. I felt some kind of way about it. When you said <clears throat> the word subjective in relation to emotions, because it was someone's truth, but that makes it subjective. It's it's <clears throat> it's problematic because almost all the time emotions have a subjective context to them. Right? But the question is ultimately what do we do with emotions? And that brings us into a more objective way of talking about them. A concrete way of talking about them. But emotions in and of themselves tend to be very subjective. It's almost it's almost part and parcel of what they are. Um, and so one of the things that I always say, you know, if I've ever interacted with, if you've ever seen me interact with someone on, on Facebook or or if you've ever asked me a question about emotions, is that emotions, they they can be, <clears throat> and some might say they always are, but, but I like to say that they can be indicative, but that does not make them determinative. They can indicate something, but they do not. They do not determine something. Another resource we'll link in um, is a. It's, it's an article off of um, a website called DesiringGod.org, which is run by um, 
the author of the our most recent podcast, uh, the author of the article that we did an analysis on, John Piper. It's actually uh, he's he's kind of the the driving force uh, behind DesiringGod.org, and it's it's a it's a great resource. And we said that repeatedly that the guy. We we disagree with the positions of his argument, but that make him does not make him a, a poor biblical expositor, rather a good biblical teacher that we have appreciated over the years. Um, and one of the uh, one of the staff writers that actually helps to run Desiring God, John Bloom, has uh, has a good article on emotions, and he uh, he says it this way: uh, God designed your emotions to be gauges, not guides. Hmm. They're gauges. Gauges indicate to us something that is going on. But they're not guides. They don't actually. They don't actually determine or direct where you go, and that's the big difference, I think, when we're looking at our culture and trying to understand. They have taken the idea of an emotion, and they. Ha- it's not just something that can indicate; rather, it is something that that is its driving determinative <clears throat> force mm-hmm. nowadays. Which brings, which brings us to another wonderful quote from uh, the Mama Bear Apologetics book, which is, uh, they state it like this. It says, emotions are like toddlers. They're fun, but you would never want to put one in charge. Mm-hmm. And that's what the emotionalist does. The emotionalist puts the emotions in the driver's seat and, um, and literally shapes, shapes how they view reality through um, their emotions, which is wildly... Unwise. Yeah, it, it can actually. It just actually. I'm trying to think become, of a therapeutic word. I think unwise is it becomes it becomes very detrimental, really, and that's that's the kicker. That's why it's so important to to, to unpack and think about what do what do feelings what are feelings and what are emotions and what do we do with them? Yeah. So with that, we can uh, dive into some some scriptures uh, to kind of frame frame the discussion from here. Um, one that I know. Uh, I had wanted to bring into the discussion uh, when we were talking about this a couple weeks ago. Um, the first thing that, that my mind came to uh, was Romans 12.2, uh, which states, Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. So in this verse, we have we have our true north, what is good, pleasing, and the perfect will of God. That is That is what we are aiming for. And, and it clearly states that our mind, how we process things, how we view things, needs to be transformed and renewed. Um, or we, rather, need to be transformed and our minds need to be renewed. Um, we need to be able to check who is in the driver's seat um, and, and evaluate that and make sure we have a good pilot um, as, as we try to discern what the will of God is is for us and how we are to live. Um, so that, that was one of my, that was one of my passages that I really wanted to, to kind of put forth into this discussion. Justin, you got a couple over there. Well, I think one of the, one of the, one of the pivotal actions that, that is called upon particularly, um, for the church is, is this concept of being sober minded. Um, it's a qualification for leadership in the church. Uh, to be sober-minded, um, and and it is used uh, throughout the New Testament, particularly in the the epistles, the letters, uh, to remind us that that we should be we should be thinking in a way that is um, 
that is clear and and more 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 succinctly in a way that maybe gets us past a term like sober-minded, which people we don't we don't use that as a term um, anymore. But in a in a pretty literal way, it would be it would mean to be free from intoxicating influences um, or to to not um, allow ourselves to be to be controlled or held captive by um, influences that pull us away from uh, reason and sound judgment. And that concept scripturally, which is found all over the place, 1 Peter 4, 7, 5, 8, um, Titus 2, 2, particularly 2 Timothy 4, 5, where Paul is exhorting Timothy um, to be sober-minded, endure suffering, and do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Paul is imploring Timothy as he has left Timothy at Ephesus to establish the church there. And he's imploring him that the first thing he must be is sober-minded. He must be free from letting these out, letting outside influences or, or even internal influences um, grab a hold of him and pull him away from, from what is reasonable and sound judgment. And scripturally, um, that call is to focus us in in many ways, like your passage from Romans, um, even more so drawing us to that to the concept of thinking on the appropriate things. And so emotions actually come into into contrast, although we would think of them as things that we feel and emote. It draws in contrast to another aspect of of our consciousness, and that is um, that is thinking intently and reasoning. Those things are they, they oftentimes are are on two sides of the scale, which is why understanding emotions as indicative versus determinative is important because we uh, we are not controlled. And I know in the chapter in Mama Bears, it's one of the things that they're trying to impress upon us is that we're not controlled by our emotions because we are we have been created to be rational, right, and and to have a will. So that we can make we can make determination there, mm-hmm. and that doesn't come from our emotions. Rather, that comes from thinking intently on things, and that can include our emotions. That's why fear can be very reasonable and and helpful, and 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 it can have it can have great um, effect for for positive change. It can it can help to keep people alive in in dangerous situations. It can also inhibit you from life-giving opportunities. Um, fear can be completely irrational. And an irrational fear can paralyze us from doing some of the most important things that we might need to do or might be life-giving for us. Um, I mean, particularly anytime change is, <laughs> change is brought to bear, there's a, there's a fear that creeps in, whether at times rationally and at times completely irrationally, because you know what? We don't know what's going to happen at any time. A human being enters a situation in which they do not know what's going to happen. Emotions become uh, a, a, a big variable in in what what the actions are, but they don't determine what we are to do. Yeah, I mean, just just think about all how different the world would be if if people allowed their emotions to determine their actions. So, for instance, like George Washington Carver. Had he been gripped with fear in a negative way, we would never, we would never know peanut butter. 
That's what I was thinking. <laughs> I knew that's exactly what you were thinking. Uh, no, but uh, but <laughs> but in all seriousness, I kept thinking like, wait, the guy that did peanuts? That's <laughs> <laughs> the peanut man. Um, but, what he did for agriculture was absolutely astounding. See. Um, uh, another great quote that's on this exact topic, um, by the, from, from Mama Bears, uh, is that emotionalism mistakes feelings for facts, but there's little assurance that these emotion loaded opinions are indeed facts unless scripture, reason, and reality are fact checking these feelings. And, and that goes in line with exactly what you're saying with emotions being indicative, but not determinative. The things that are determinative are what's real and what's true. And in the book, they give several different examples of how our emotions, we can emotionally respond to something that's not even real and how our emotions can change just with added information or further clarity or, or a, a better understanding or, 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 or something like that. And so our, our emotions can indicate things, um, uh, but, but they, they don't really actually determine for us what is true they're not a they're not a uh, a barometer of, of truth in that way necessarily so um and and obviously this can get you into trouble because if if you're not using again i i really appreciate um you know the mama bear apologetics book for including scripture first um we need to fact check what's going on around us with scripture reason and reality um, the, these are these are our tools to to slowly, calmly, and rationally work through um, situations. Um, so you had you had some assumptions, and I think we could talk to talk maybe speak now that we've got a real serious frame here um, for for worldview of emotions and feelings. A thick frame. Oh, it's thick with two C's. Two C's. Two C's. Not just red and just regular thick. Mm. It's like Texas toast. It's real thick. I ain't no garlic bread. Uh-uh. Garlic bread's for the French. Give me that Texas toast. I like garlic bread, and I think it's more Italian, but okay. I don't know my <laughs> European countries and what comes from them. The French gave us fries. And short dictators. I don't know what to tell you. What do you want me to tell you? I don't know. Short. All right. Yep. Well, yeah. I guess that's true. I mean, they helped us a little bit in the revolution. Anyway, whatever. Um, baguettes. Are baguettes Italian? Yes, or are baguettes they are Italian. No, baguettes are French. Sorry. Baguettes French. are French. In, let's be honest. What they really gave us is uh, secularism. and um, Yeah, screw the French. It, yeah, no, it wasn't. It's not great. It's not great. You know, let them eat cake. That's all I say. Anyway, move, moving on. Uh, wow, that, that, that went somewhere. I that, digress, that digression went fully off the rails and crashed, and everyone's watching the train wreck. Um, so assumptions about uh, this idea of emotionalism, the idea of, of emotions being the capturing and motivating factor that drives us um, to, to all ends. Um, so I cannot control, I cannot choose my emotions. That's one of the things our world might might think, right? Yeah, I cannot choose or control my emotions. I mean, it can even be said flippantly, like like I I can't help it. This is just the way I feel. 
and which which again means that they're treating their emotions as determinative. Yeah, they're so literally wrapping their identity around them. They're they're wrapping their identity around no, they're not, them. That's don't, what you said. You don't, said don't, it. Don't don't wrap. You don't wrap. Don't wrap anything. Uh, you said that. All right. Oh my gosh, is that macaroni over there in that pot? Oh. <laughs> so, so when you hear a phrase like. That's so just funny. the way I am. We often ascribe that to, or even make excuse, let that be an excuse for someone who is what uh, belligerent or asinine or 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 angry or or abusive or or um, just lazy I mean, or that's just the name, way they are. Name the sin. It's just the way they are. Name the sin. Um, and we're letting we're letting their them be completely controlled and defined by whatever their emotions or feelings are generally speaking and uh and making it be their determinative factor and that's that's just not the that's just not true Mm -hmm. it's a lie right it's a false assumption Um, additionally uh something like the fact that negative emotions are harmful and so in here i feel like we're putting in things like um like a poor self-image or 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 low self-esteem, where we're wrapping in that kind of a concept into this particular point. Negative emotions are harmful. I kind of thought that what they were talking about is things like anger or hatred being like... Uh, being exclusively as, wrong. As a negative emotion. So you need to be fluffy and upbeat and loving. But, I mean, you already illustrated for us that fear can actually be an intensely good thing. It, it, it God has given us that response as a mechanism for... Honestly, preservation of life. I mean, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he even says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom um, and all that's wrapped up in that concept. So, I mean, negative emotions aren't harmful. We we are to hate injustice. We are to hate, you know, unlawful wrongdoings. We're to hate sin. We're to hate all things that oppose God and his holiness. Right. Hate them. Kill them. Mortify them. Um, And... I mean, so so not even negative emotions. Tyranny. You're to hate tyranny. You're to hate tyranny. Yeah. That's the beginning of <laughs> the French. The I mean, French. No, I mean, <laughs> hate the French. No, oh. we are sorry to our huge international listenership base. Yeah, French we have a large French base, and this is not where we intended to go. And I do not. <laughs> I'm not with him. We're going to lose all of our European oh, listeners. Oh man. <laughs> Already attacked secularism. Goodness gracious! So anyway, negative emotions can actually be very helpful. Uh, they're not inti- they're not inherently harmful. The reality of the st- sentence is, you could say any emotions, any feelings can be harmful, mm-hmm. right? Especially when they are the determinative and governing force uh, of your life mm-hmm. or of your identity. Um, that's that's living that's living in a lie. Yeah. <laughs> Lastly. We must change reality to protect our emotions. And this is a big one that I think really impacts our culture a lot. Mm-hmm. If I feel it, then that is what is so. I need to make all things around me conform to what I feel. Are we doing it? Are, I don't know. Are we, gonna... we, we, I, I, I'm not. I ain't scared. Right, scared. Right. So when you're So when you're six or seven year old, pretends or you know says mommy I, I feel like a girl that that's and they're a boy and they're a boy oh okay that's you a know, clarifying question uh you know unlike what what joe biden might encourage you to do you, you should not mutilate their bodies with hormones or 
you know, you know, start buying them dresses, you, you, you fact check that emotion through scripture, reason, and reality to rein in that. You don't let your emotions dictate reality. You let reality steer your emotions toward the truth. So, I mean, you know, those, those types of big cultural points is exactly where my mind went in this scenario. I think there are others, unless you want to comment any more on, on the idea of transgenderism or, or other deviant sexual sins. Um, no, it's, it's not even that I don't inherently like there's something inherent. There's something, there's something we can, we can say safely. Like, there's a reality in which, and it is true, right, that there are, are mental uh, disorders that function as emotions gone wild, mm-hmm. in essence. And, and we, don't, we don't ignore that or belittle that. Um, for someone who might struggle with something like gender dysphoria, that, that's a very real emotional uh, psychological issue that needs to be combated, but you're not going to be combating it by affirming it. Rather, you combat it by lovingly steering it towards the truth, loving it, guiding it, guiding it towards the reality, rather than letting that thing become the determining factor of someone in in opposition to all available evidence. That's not that's not caring and and loving. And I, I'm I'm called to be caring and loving. And so I want to speak and live and act in a way that is caring and loving. I'm not going to demean them. I'm going to love them and try to bring them into a reality that conforms with truth. Um, that's important. I always it, it, it drives me to this weird. This is going to be a weird movie reference, but there's a, a real is a real old movie. This is an all black and white movie. It's called Arsenic and Old Lace. Arsenic and Old Lace, and it's a, it's a comedy. It's very funny. Cary Grant, um, one of the one of the great old film stars stars in it um and and it basically is uh carrie grant and uh and his <laughs> carrie grant basically develops there's I, I forget exactly how it works i believe uh it's it's his fiance has a couple of relatives and this is like the whole during the whole planning of the marriage thing and he meets them and, and it's uh, it's it's this these these two aunts that live in the same house there's an uncle um, and basically the ants have actually killed men <laughs> and buried them in the basement. <laughs> um, but they're super sweet and nice and they think they're doing good, good work, right? That's the frame of the movie. Funny movie. You should go out and watch it. 1944. I'm sure you can find it somewhere on the YouTubes. Um, but the uncle that lives with them thinks he's Theodore Roosevelt. Oh, he dresses man. like Theodore Roosevelt <laughs> and acts like Theodore. This is, this is Rough Riders Theodore Roosevelt, right? <laughs> Um, and in that, in that, the all available reality tells tells us you are not Theodore Roosevelt, but they they continue to perpetuate the reality that he's Theodore Roosevelt around him, despite that just being what he thinks and feels. It's not true. <laughs> Is that the movie where he runs around and just goes charge? Yes. yes. <laughs> and he does. He says bully on bully bully bully, bully on bully. Yeah. <laughs> And he says, charge! Like he's taking the hill. Yeah. That, that was sad. <laughs> so, uh, that, that's what it brings to mind. It's not It's not true, and the available evidence reality around us dictates so. So why would I allow your emotions uh, and your feelings to rule you? That's not loving. 
Yeah, and I mean, it, it, it gets... It, I mean, this type of concept, too, gets darker. It's, it's not just even that. I mean, it's the idea, and I think you touched on it earlier, of, you know, say say somebody who's perpetuating themselves in an abusive relationship. Your, your, your emotions change the reality of what what might be clearly seen by another person as an abusive relationship into something that is warped and twisted, you know, whether that person needs, you know, the, you know, the roof over the head or the financial help or whatever, it, it's, it so often happens where that individual, that victim tends to rationalize their position and, and through, through how they're viewing it and they're not viewing it through the lens of scripture, reason, and reality. They're not, they're just, they're just, um, falling prey to, to a, a, a broken lens of, of viewing that situation. Um, you know, and some people, some people, it, it's uh, tragically, they just, you know, truly believe that they love that person. And it's, it's, um, A debilitating. You don't scenario. say like, a yeah. debilitating scenario. I was. I'm trying to think of the right words because I, I want to be, you know, I, I want to be kind in my. As someone himself has stumbled over words this evening, I probably shouldn't should not be casting any stones here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh no. So, um, uh, another one of the another one of the quotes that that I really appreciated, and perhaps we can just use this to wrap up, unless you had another. Another point you wanted to mention, but they... No, I'm glad I wanted to be a little more concise with this. I sure. Think, I think this is a concise topic. There's no reason to... Yeah. Um, towards the end of the chapter, um, they mention it. They say that allow your emotions to reinforce what God has said is good, evil, shameful, praiseworthy, and beautiful. But do not let your emotions dictate what is good, evil, shameful, praiseworthy, or beautiful. Yep. They are to reinforce those things. They are not to dictate those things. Um, and uh, Satan, Satan is fully aware of how flawed we are, about how easily manipulated we are, and uh, will use our emotions to distract us and lead us down uh, terribly destructive paths away from God if we, if we do not discipline our emotions um, they say, they say in the book, like our physical bodies, emotions need to be shaped by discipline. Otherwise, they're not a pretty sight, which I thought was funny. That's so true. Well done, there. Um, so yeah, it's we are easily we are easily swayed. We are a fickle people, and, and if we are not actively training up our emotions toward the true north of 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 God and reality and reason. Um, then we are missing the mark and we're not seeing things clearly. Yes. Amen. I think, um, I think if we can, if we can begin to in, in each of our own individual lives and in, and in loving the people around us, begin to stop and pause, uh, and ask good questions about our, what we're feeling and, and what our emotions are, are doing um, we can pull them back from the determinative and bring them into that into that area where they're they're just a gauge. They're just a gauge. I'm feeling uneasy about this, but why? 
is this is this uneasy that feeling that I'm having is that is that determined me not doing or 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 doing something or is that there to help me see maybe I should be what is the decision that I'm making well, how am I approaching this situation maybe I need to rethink this or, or maybe it's there because we actually have just a fallen and broken structure in which we live in and sin is a part of us and our emotions are weaved into um our our sinful our sinful nature and if that is the case then it's very possible that my emotions could simply be dictating to me um a worry of the unknown and 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 freezing me in place from pushing forward the way i need to we need to bring them into reality we need to evaluate them we need to let them actually be the gauges that they are right not determining not guiding us but rather gauging and then we bring that into and, and under the truth. And once our, the truth is established in us, we can these these emotions can flourish. Um, I mean, Christians aren't to be these. Uh, Christians are, are supposed to be the most hedonistic of all. We should be able to find pleasure in this world in ways no one else can. And so if you're in Christ, that is your call. right? And if you are out of Christ, the pleasure you can seek from this world can only be temporary. It can't be connected to the eternal. And so for me as someone, I want, to, I want to bring my emotions under the truth that I know because it, they flourish there. They, they, they fulfill their purpose there rather than living outside of that and letting them dictate what I do. <clears throat> they're not, they're not um, imperatives. They're not commands, right? And, and since they are not... We have to reevaluate what we're doing with our emotions, mm-hmm. and if we can get that, if we can get that base, that base level of okay, uh, I'm really afraid right now. What does that mean, right? Uh, okay, uh, I am I am super excited about this opportunity. Wait a second, what does that mean? Let me pull that back. Rather than letting things, letting our emotions stop us from doing what maybe we are, we should be doing, and and or or emotions pushing us to do something that we should not be doing, mm-hmm. and that that is uh, that brings them into the best light, where they can they can literally be uh, just wonderful and and joyful. Yeah, clarifying mm-hmm. tools, mm-hmm. helpful mm-hmm. tools. Yep, yep, yep. Sharpened, but ready to be used for the right reason. Right. So in, in that, we can lean on those uh, those that we trust to, to talk through our emotions. We can lean on the Word of God as an ultimate source of truth to filter our emotions through reality. These are wonderful uh, tools that are at our disposal to help us to evaluate our emotions um, because we were, created, we were created with community in mind by a triune God. So there you go. There you go. That's, and, that's, and that's that. That's what we think about that. That's, what we, that's how we feel about that. Got all kinds of feelings. Nah, I'm just kidding. Yours was better. Dude, don't emote all over the microphone. Oh, jeez. Oh. Gotta have to sanitize that thing. Ew. Got into the speaker holes. Yeah, there's no there's no getting it out of the speaker. <laughs> once, it's, once it's in there, it's like, it's like spilling soda on your, on your keyboard. It's just unrecoverable. So true. So with, uh, with this complete digression yet again, I think we're going to leave this, uh, <laughs> this out there. Hopefully you can find this helpful. Feel free to push back in the comments on any of the socials or if any of us share this or uh, if a friend shares it or whatever, if it, wherever it's shared, feel free to push back on that or think through that. We'd love to talk. I think this is a really practical thing. 
especially given the fact that we're in a very contentious, uh, as we record this, a very contentious election time, and a lot of people are worried, uh, and emotions and feelings are running high and are becoming very determinative. We need to not let that happen. That's not what they are for. Um, so there's one way to talk about it. We're in the midst of this global pandemic that's uh, uh, also a, a, a global pandemic of tyranny. So, I mean, there's just lots of things where emotions can creep in. They can creep in and become controlled. We need to, we need to work through these things in ways that actually bring about truth uh, and establish reason, ultimately helping us to be sober-minded, not controlled and moved by swaying passions, but controlled instead by objective measures. Having said that, Amen. Yeah, having said that, this is uh, this is the end of this Carpe Fide podcast. And as always, seize the faith. faith.